ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Hot Dog and Handshake, episode number 13. We just recently discovered this is a very important episode for a couple of reasons. Yeah. The first one, it's our one-year anniversary. The anniversary show. One year we've been doing this, and uh, man, I think we're looking forward to uh, years and years ahead because uh, we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, we're, who talk we're with. cooking with gas, man. These last these last few guests have just been banger after banger after banger. And we did a couple of those, uh, you know, we did a couple little uh, bonus episodes on there. They've done really well. So people want their wrestling, Sean. And we're going to give it to them. We will continue to do that. Uh, we are hot off the uh, Heroes and Legends 15. Oof. What a what a show that was! Uh, Man, it turned out to be a great great show. Obviously, we had our hiccups and 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 things that happened during a live production, but uh, it went off. Man, it was definitely a live crowd. It it absolutely was, and yeah, the hiccups were were nonstop. Uh, in the weeks prior, the day of, uh, you know, nothing that nothing that we couldn't handle, but we we got through it and uh, turned out to be a great show. Which brings me to the second part of why this is such a special episode, because we have with us today a very special guest, uh, man, a, a man of many names uh, since I've known him, uh, the kid, the prince, and now not quite sure what to call him because he's uh, nothing but bad. Uh, <laughs> the, the little, the little sweet kid that we remember bouncing around the ring and yeah. And, Loving everybody and loving the fans has grown up and uh, become kind of an asshole. Kind of which, brushed his shoulders off. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? Uh, he's, he's finding his way. And we're going to talk with him today and we're going to find out uh, a little bit about his past, uh, why he decided to become the bad guy, and uh, what the future holds for this young man, the current Heroes and Legends cruiserweight champion. Cody Lee. Cody, thanks for coming on the show today. Well, Sean, let me go ahead and get this out of the way. Oh, here we go. Yep. Uh, everybody grows up, Sean, and some of us get corrupted. It happens. Um, oh, dark side. An another thing I wanted to address is why it took so long for me to be on this show. Oh. You see, it took me to beat super crazy to get put on the show, and that, and that kind of, I don't know, that just don't sit right with me, guys. You know, I'm, I'm going to kiss ass. I, I've wanted to get you on the show do. since we started. And, uh, you know, there was a list of names, and yours fell where it fell, man. Well, in all seriousness, appreciate you guys having me on here and look forward to having some conversation with you guys. Absolutely. Uh, this is no holds barred, man. So you can say whatever you want, however you want to, whoever you want. And, uh, you know, we, we want to, we always start off when we have our, our guests on, we want to know about the beginnings of interest in pro wrestling. So for you, I mean, I happen to know, and I've seen this picture a million times, little, little, little guy, Cody wrestling with the sting wrestling buddy, who I might add, did pick up a sting wrestling buddy at heroes and legends 15. I want to say, yes, sir. It yes, is sir. completely full circle from that one little picture, which is really cool. I was um, going to roll his ass in the parking lot and take. 
Hey, <laughs> man. Yeah, we, we was cooking that night for sure. I don't think that night would have been the night. <laughs> no, we, we might have been calling you a motherfucker in the parking lot just like you was. <laughs> um, no, but, but, but in all seriousness, was... it started with that, though. It started with the wrestling buddy. Like, I knew when I walked in and I saw that, like, it was going to be a good day no matter how it was going to turn out. Okay. Um, so, I, I guess I should ask this. Was Sting the person who first got you interested in pro wrestling or was it somebody else entirely? Um, who was well, the guy, I your get, girl you watched and said, I want to be like that. It's actually a different story. My love kind of came from independent. Um, so growing up, uh, I was around independent wrestling my whole life. So 23 years, uh, this is all I've ever known. Um, it's actually kind of sad that I didn't know uh, who Superman was until I got into elementary school. So, I mean, uh, I'm talking about third, fourth grade, too. Like, I, it was sad. So uh, that that's where my love kind of fell in. My uncles were wrestlers. My grandfather was a promoter. Um, as you guys know, he's Jason Maples. Uh, I don't like to go ahead and I want to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. I don't like to put it out there because, uh, you know, some people think it's, you know, a handover thing. They think that, you know, since I am his grandson, that, that I'm where I'm at. And most don't know the back- 100% that that is not the case. Well, no. most don't know the backstory neither. And that's what we're here to talk about today. So sure. the backstory started with the independence wrestling. So, you know, in diapers, that's all I've ever known. Uh, every Saturday at the EWF arena, I watched my uncles get in there and mix it up with multiple people that's went on to make names for themselves and went on to do great things. So it started with that, seeing them enjoy themselves, being in that environment, being in the locker room, um, essentially paying dues at the same time. Uh, it was kind of well known from the jump that I was going to be a wrestler. Like, I, I don't know if I really had a choice in the matter. <laughs> I mean, did your DNA, I mean, we all, buddy? Well, we all have choices, but you know, it was just, it was kind of forced upon me to become a wrestler. And, you know, I'm here today and I wouldn't change it for the world. So, speaking of that, so obviously you, you, you got to, you probably got to roll around the ring a little bit after the shows and your uncle's probably tossed you around and Jason probably tossed you around. Um, when did, when did it actually, you know what, this, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to, I'm going to train and I'm, I'm going to, going to happen. Well, it started, uh, actually, it started with my uncles. We were doing, uh, like little, uh, little variations, little combinations of moves, um, learning how to bump, learning how to run the ropes, learning how to post, right. Um, it started with them and then, it finally clicked when I think I was like 13. I was like, man, you know, this is serious. Like, you know, I'm seeing everybody that I've seen make it, you know, they came through the same doors that I was sitting in or, you know, same locker room I was sitting in. So uh, essentially it, it kind of clicked for me that I could actually do this. So uh, I hit up um, Jason and uh, Steve Wilson, Congo Kong and uh, started training uh, formally. You're Steve's kid then. 100 percent i'll go here to vouch that i am steve's kid we're all steve's kids <laughs> in one, one way shape or form well, speaking oh, that, of steve for sure speaking of steve how about that road warrior pop he got at heroes and legends coming out huh man I, I i love kong man he just every time he's out there he entertains and that's the best thing about him too because he every time i see him he teaches me something new 
Yeah, definitely. Don't mean to be no look. This ain't about him though. I don't want to be putting him over too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he had his time. He was he had his time. <laughs> Love yeah. you, pops. So, yeah, we'll have to set on that clip. We don't want to talk about him. Um, so you decided that you know wrestling was was what you wanted to do. Um, you know, I, you said that you were kind of forced into it. Do you think it was being forced into it so much as being born into it? something that was in your blood that you were going to do anyway? Um, Cause you obviously actually, had a choice yes, in the matter. Yes, you could have said yes, you didn't definitely, want to do it. Definitely. Um, when it came down to it, I think that it would have been, I'm, a, I'm very family oriented. And I think if I would have became anything other than a professional wrestler, not that it would have, not that it would have disappointed them to the extent that, you know, they would have been, you know, ashamed of me or anything, but I think it would have disappointed them because of how I grew up, um, being born into it. That's all of it. I, you know, I ate, slept and shit this business, you know, literally like I've seen everything from the promoting side to the locker room side, to the in-ring side, to the crowd set, side, setting up the I've ring. Lived, I, I, oh, that, and that's definitely, that's, I mean, I paid my dues tenfold and I'm still paying them as well. Uh, but I remember days, you know, getting, you know, getting into the ring and having to tear it down and uh, put it on a trailer, take it to a show, put it up and take it down, put it back on the trailer and put it back in the building all by myself, essentially, because, you know, uh, certain people don't want to help. And, uh, you know, they had a great match in the ring, but they don't want to help tear down the ring, you know, and that's a thing that's, you know, common in professional wrestling and independent wrestling, uh, essentially. But, yeah, it started. I mean, it's that's exactly what happened. I mean, I was born into it and I ate, slept and shit it. And I don't think that, I think that I would essentially came back to it if I would have wanted to do something else. Yeah. Um, there's been times where I've taken breaks um, because of, you know, certain things that being a teenager and being a professional wrestler entails that, you know, there's certain times that you have to take a break. Uh, but other than that, I think that I would have been a wrestler anyway. So, I mean, that is a great way to look at it. Uh, being forced into it was kind of harsh. Uh, being born into it was probably a great example. But at the same time, I, I try to be humble enough to like I wasn't born into it. Like nothing was given to me at all. Like the only thing that was given to me was this love for it. And, and that is 100 percent. In fact, it was probably I mean, I know a lot of people like to say, you know, second generation, third generation kind of got that silver spoon in their mouth. They got the one-way ticket. Not everybody's Randy Orton. Okay. Yeah. Randy Orton kind of had a one-way ticket in OVW, but he still had to show, he still had to bust his ass to perform. I feel like you guys almost have to perform at a higher standard because right. of, because of the name, because of, you know, people know who you are. So you, well, you, almost, see, have to, you almost have to work hard. Exactly. Exactly. One hundred percent. I had to work essentially three times as hard as everybody else. See, being a promoter uh, and doing business, you know, as you guys know, the cost of business creates enemies and it creates friends, you know, and being a promoter's grandson, it, it's a bad look. You know, it's uh, essentially they feel like it's spoon fed, but it's not it's not what the outside looking in can see. You know what I'm saying? It's not. <laughs> It's never been that way, you know, and 100 percent like, you know, I busted my ass to be where I am today. And I've 
I'm comfortable enough to go into any locker room and hold my head up high, knowing that I'm where I'm at because of me and not because of who my family is or, you know, essentially what championship I hold or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm the man, whether or not that all that's behind me or not, you know, politics aside, like I put in the work and I'm here because of me. And I must say, you know, as long as I've known you, uh, being humble is definitely one of your qualities and you don't play the politics side. You're the guy who comes in to do a job. You come in to do the job that you're paid to do and you do it to the best of your ability. That's the case with a lot of people. Um, but, you know, since we're talking about you specifically, you've got qualities that you don't always see in a lot of other people. You can tell that you came from a different, a different route in the business as opposed to say uh, an NFL football player that gets an injury and decides to be a wrestler or an MMA fighter that decides to be a wrestler. There's different paths that lead you there, but yours started with wrestling. So, um, you know, you've, you've definitely been brought up in the business properly. I mean, that, that much is evident. Um, so let's, let's go just a little step further. Um, you decided you wanted to be a wrestler. You went and got yourself obviously trained through most of your life if, if it wasn't necessarily in a, in a school right. setting in, in particular. Um, do you remember your first actual match that you got paid for? Ah, yes, 100%. It was whether, in with, Marion. whether with cash or with the old hot dog and a handshake. The hot dog and a handshake? Um, well, there was a lot of hot dogs and handshakes <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> a lot of but, hot dogs. Uh, uh, so the first actual match that I remember um, – and I couldn't, I couldn't even tell you because I wasn't 100% trained. Uh, it was kind of like a spot show deal where mm -hmm. essentially uh, I worked Frank Stein, uh, FIA. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was my first official match. And I'll never forget it, uh, being in the locker room and putting on my, uh, my silky pants that Rey Mysterio used to wear. Uh, that I actually Steve Wilson, Congo Kong made me. <laughs> so, you know, uh, to go out there and to feel that. And it wasn't like, and it wasn't just a comedy match either. He actually let me, you know, get some competitiveness in there. I mean, essentially it was because it was a kid versus, you know, a grown adult. But, you know, to me, it felt like, man, he actually gave me my minute, you know, my moment to shine. And yep. that match, I think that, that from there on, it set it off. Like there's, this is nothing but what I want to do. You know, from that, coming back to the curtain, um, obviously, Jason was probably back there to high five you, let you know what you did or didn't do. What was that? What was that like to kind of get back in front of your family, knowing that, you know, I just did what y'all do? Man, uh, whew, that is the best feeling in the world, man. Like I said, there are the reason that I'm here. There is 100 percent no other explanation for the reason Cody Lee is here other than my family. If my family would never been involved in professional wrestling, I don't think that I would have taken the step to become a professional wrestler. So when I get back to them, and even to this day, I mean, it's still whenever I see them, it's it's nothing but a happy moment because knowing that I did something that they wanted me to do, and I'm doing it to the best of my ability, to my full potential, and I'm still growing, and they see that, and they understand that, and they're here to give me feedback uh, just like that night. Uh, they were definitely excited to see me. Uh, being a kid doing it, man, I mean, I didn't understand at the time because I'm so not I'm so caught up in the moment. But there's a lot of work that goes in to a match. 
you know. So after that match, uh, I definitely said I'm gonna start putting in the effort for this. Yeah. <laughs> Got in there and realized it wasn't quite so easy as they make it look on TV. Oh, definitely, and and that gives me a kick out of people uh, to this day that you know think it's so easy. Like if it's so easy, you can come down and try it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, I, I wish I wish constantly that I could just let everybody see through the curtain one time and know what it's like. But uh, they'll never know, so they'll have to take it from everybody else. That uh, It ain't easy. And if you want to try oh, yes, it, some wrestling schools out there, go ahead and get yourself signed yep. up. Yeah, and, I'm an advoc- and I'm a big advocate for those as well, guys. So uh, definitely go out there and get trained. We don't need no more half-assed people out here on the Indies. No more yarders, right? Uh, whatever you want to call them, yeah. <laughs> we just we don't. Now, I, I don't like you know. I don't shit on yarders as as we all kind of were a yarder at one point in time. You know, uh, we're passionate, uh, passionate, and passionate, and being uh, disrespectful to the business. I don't want to become yeah. like I, I was raised kind of an old school mentality. So if you're passionate about this, like he said, there's plenty of wrestling schools out there to go get yourself trained. That's uh, respecting yourself and respecting this business and respecting everybody else that steps in between those ropes. Um, because, you know, when you do travel to the Indies, you're going to meet people of all various backgrounds that don't agree with certain things yep. and going to a wrestling school and learning from somebody that's been around uh, helps you navigate through those. You know, it helps you, become a, not only a, essentially a better wrestler, but a, a better person uh, outside of the ring because you have to navigate through the outside of the ring. That's how you get in the ring. You know, there's nobody just comes in the locker room and goes straight to the ring. You know what I'm saying? You have to deal with people in the locker room. You have to deal with politics outside of the ring. Uh, so going to a wrestling school not only teaches you how to become a great wrestler, but it, it teaches you how to navigate through uh, essentially wrestling itself. And there are a great many things you have to learn on your own, too. Um, you don't get taught everything in wrestling school. There's a lot of things that once you actually get in the locker room, it's a whole other set of knowledge right there. So, Yes, sir. <clears throat> that was so obviously moving on now, right? You, you started working every other weekend, every weekend, right? I, I know EWF used to run every, every week. Um, when did you feel like – you know what? I think I got this. Like, I, mean, I know you, I know you're humble and you're still learning, but when did, when did you feel like, you know what? I can, I got this now. Um, thir- 13 years old. Um, I've already been training with Steve, uh, for a few. And I just, I felt like I could get out there and contribute. I mean, everybody in the class were essentially grown men, you know, uh, in their late twenties, early thirties. So they, they were more believable in a sense of uh, pro wrestling. Uh, like, you know, I'm not going to go and pay for, you know, a bunch of seven-year-olds to fight when I can see, a, you know, grown men fight, you know. Yeah. So that they were able to get out of the wrestling school uh, before I was. And I took that real hard. I, I honestly did because, you know, uh, in some cases, you know, I taught them how to, you know, take a bump properly or some, you know, something like that, you know. So uh, I had uh, – and, you know, coming third generation too, like I had a little bit of an ego as well in the beginning where yeah. I thought that I was automatically ready, you know, and there was a lot that I had to learn. And it took me to kind of be defiant in a way of uh, saying, like, I understand you don't want me to work, but, you know, there's people that's willing to pay me to come work. 
Um, when you're new to the business and you're hungry and you're passionate, every booking's a good booking. And my mindset back then, um, now that I'm older and looking back on it, there's it definitely hurt me more than it helped me to do that. So I went out and pursued my own bookings before uh, I was actually cleared. Uh, so I did. And then it, that didn't go over too well. <laughs> obviously. Yeah, um, somebody, you know, did somebody have to have a come to Jesus meeting with you like, hey, boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. And Steve, let me know how he felt. Um you know, Jason, let me know how he felt. Uh, essentially, everybody else let me know how they felt as well, which I respect everybody's uh, opinion. And uh, I decided to go back to training and I started training more and I really haven't stopped. I mean, we're back here now and I still every Thursday I'm down in Bluffton, Indiana training and uh, getting better. Well, that's that's a, that's an awesome thing to know because um, you know, it's pretty candid too of you to uh, of you to say that you know because uh, people don't like to talk about the I don't know shortcomings they had coming up you know and and, and obviously a big ego is is not really f- looked upon in the locker room as favorable you know. Um, let's see, that's the thing with me, and I'm I'm an open book. Um, I feel like. If you're true to yourself, there's no need to keep up with stories. I mean, it's hard enough to lie and remember them all. So <laughs> why not just be authentic? Um, so and that's what you guys said. You guys wanted to talk about the ups and downs. So I'm here to talk yeah. about, you know, the shortcomings and, you know, that all this together is what made me me and, and what's, you know, kind of delayed. I would say uh, the progress that I've had. Uh, but, yeah. you know, being like obviously you around, probably had to. Did you have to like kind of earn their respect back? I mean, or were they, or were they just definitely, with open definitely. arms? No, they were, they were, uh, in a sense, it was open arms because, you know, we're still family. I mean, we still yeah. do the same stuff. I mean, once you're in this business, I mean, you become friends and family with certain people. So we were still family. And, uh, you know, that kind of hurt me the most, man, is that Steve was disappointed in me, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't feel like in my mind at that time, uh, I didn't feel like, you know, I felt like he was kind of holding me back. You know, these guys that, you know, came in and haven't been doing this as long as me are getting to come out and, you know, go ahead and spread their wings. What about me? You know, but I yeah. had to take a step back, had to take a step back and uh, definitely have a come to Jesus moment with him. And yeah. uh, we got that figured out and squared away. And now that uh, all that's taken care of and I've done everything the right way and I've definitely humbled myself even further. Um it's just been all good from there. I mean, we've been, we've been hustling. I mean, I've been in the car with Kong and we've been doing loops and all that. And it's still a funny story that comes up every now and then when we're telling the young guys that start about, you know, how I was, you know, what not to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? So, and that's what I'm here essentially to do too, is what tell, tell other people what not to do. You know, uh, it definitely hurt me in the long run, you know, looking back at it. Uh, I wish I would have never done it. But also looking back at it, I've learned a lot of uh, experiences that I feel like I wouldn't have learned in well, today's you, you generation. Had to your, you had to go out and get your ass kicked in order to uh, appreciate home. You know what I mean? Definitely. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, you know, that was definitely. And we could, from seeing you backstage, just the way you carry yourself now. I mean, you come dressed to the nines. You're there early. You're there late. You know what I mean? Um, 
think you're 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 definitely working on that character, man. And and I respect the hell out of you. Hey man, I appreciate it. But yeah, let all the shortcomings is what make me me, and that's what I'm here to talk about. So well, we we all we all have our our situations. We all have the good things and bad things that happen to us, and we learn from all of them. Uh, you know, I remember it seems like not too long ago when uh, it looked like Cody Lee wanted to uh, wanted to not be a pro wrestler anymore. Um, you know, I, I remember that. I remember you know we we had a little conversation about that, and I. I I wasn't disappointed, but I was, I was confused. And I, I knew, I mean, I'm an old fart now, but uh, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, everybody goes through these situations where you're like, what, what is my life going to be? You know, what, what am I going to do? And uh, you had some decisions to make. You had some, some thinking to do some talking to some people to do. And, you know, in the end, here you are still going strong, stronger than ever, actually. Um, so I think you came out of that whole situation a better man than you were going in. Um, so in talking about about that, I mean, you've got kind of got a, a new lease on the pro wrestling life, let's say. Uh, what are the aspirations now? Are, are you happy in the indies going around the country and competing like that? Or are you are you wanting more? Are you wanting that? Are you wanting that contract? Are you wanting that national TV um, you know, what's what's the end game for Cody Lee? Um, that's a good question. I think if you're a professional wrestler, we ask nothing but good questions here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it seems like it. <laughs> but uh, I feel like if you're a professional wrestler and you don't feel like you want to be signed to a contract, then you're shorting yourself. Uh, that is the ultimate goal is to be a contracted wrestler, um, to be able to wake up every morning and say, hey, this is what I do for a living. Uh no matter what spot on the card that is, you know, uh, from the first match to the last match, as long as I'm a contracted wrestler, I think that would be the ultimate goal in life. But not to say that the Indies wouldn't be fun either. You know, uh, I've met a lot of great people in the Indies. I've know a lot of people that's been on the Indies for, you know, essentially their whole career. Um, it's as long as I'm in the ring, I feel like I'm at home. So wherever that rings at, uh, I'm home. I, but like I said before, I, I don't think you could sit here and call yourself a professional wrestler if you don't have the aspiration to be assigned talent. I think it was Stone Cold Steve Austin that says if you're you're not in this business to get the world title, to get the fuck out. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um, well, you know, on, on that note, I I want to invoke the uh, the evil name of Nick Cutler, uh-oh. and the reason I do so is because Nick Cutler has been. And on national TV, he's made appearances. Uh, he's been an extra. He does not have a desire to be contracted with you know someone like WWE, and the reason for that is because of his family primarily. Yep. There are people out there that don't want to be on the road 320 days a year, so that's yeah. the reason I asked that question because I don't think from from what I've learned over the years that not everybody wants to go that route. And so that's why I asked you that, right. you know, because family is huge for you. And, yes. you know, I didn't know what, what direction, you know, you would go with that. So that's, that was perfect though, Sean. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't, I mean, there's, you know, definitely guys like Nick, right. Who, 
who that I mean, their family is their life, right? I mean, he'd rather he said he'd rather be be a dad and play wrestler. You know what I mean? Which yep. is which I felt like was a really cool and honest thing to say. You know, you obviously know he, a, loves, he loves to do what he does, but you know his family is more important. That's that's the most respectable thing right there is the fact that he admitted to that that he wanted to be a dad first, and anybody that puts their family ahead of this is a winner. Period. I mean, uh, wrestling is going to be around forever. Yeah. Uh, but when you're a dad. Uh, and, you know, I can't speak on it because I'm not a dad, but uh, I know from, you know, friends in the business, you miss moments, you miss moments in yeah. your family's life. And, you know, the fact mm-hmm. that he's been to the dance, you know, he's got to, he's got to see, you know, the TV cameras rolling and stuff. And he's made that decision for himself. That's pretty respectable. And I admire that 100%. And I know there's a bunch of guys like that, that just want to be on the indies. And if they make a good, you know, if they, for their stuff on the indies and they make good money and able to support their family. That is 100% a good thing for them. But there's an alternative now too, where, you know, you don't have to work those 300 and, you know, 60 year or 60 days a year where you can, you know, work one day a year or, you know, where they've got some big spot shows or you, you know, there's, there's plenty of other options. And I think that's where he's getting at now as he sees the options. Wrestling has definitely opened up for them indie and contracted wrestlers, you know? Um, yeah. A quick weekend it's, across it's the country is doable. You know what I mean? I mean, it's oh, not 100%. like you, had, you didn't have to pile into a, you know, a broken down Buick like we used to do back in the day and try to make towns as they, so to speak, you know, Hey, I resent that. I got a Buick right here. <laughs> hey, I'm a Buick man. I'm a Buick man. Don't worry. You know, but we all get that broken down jalopy or whatever and, and make towns. But like, it's easier to make those towns now. Travel Traveling has become, I mean, you know, there's, there's buses that go everywhere. So, you know, if, if, you, if you have to make a town, you could, you could do it that way. Um, and obviously. And actually, Cody kind of segued into the next next question I had lined up there was, uh, you know, you don't have to do all this traveling anymore because there are alternatives to work in those 320 day year schedules. Um, AEW has emerged as something that we didn't know was going to happen in the beginning. And now not only have they opened the forbidden door to many other places, people from the indies are able to get onto these shows, AEW Dark uh, and whatnot, yep, and have opportunities to perform once, twice, three, or multiple times. So there are other options there that don't require being away from home and family and whatnot for quite so long. You know, Cody, you're, you're young. I mean, you're still, you're still a kid, essentially. Um, so the having your own family is not something that you've probably really even considered yet because of where you are in your pro wrestling career. Um, and obviously you've got a job outside of that, I'm sure, outside of pro wrestling. Um, so you've got time before you would even need to make a decision like that. You know, I'm 45 years old, and I'm not going to lie. If Tony Khan called me up and said, hey, I want to want you to, you know, come work backstage for me and whatever, I'd be down there in a New York minute. Yeah, but if Vince McMahon called me, I'd have to tell him no, because right. you know the the freedom is not with one company as it is with the other. So I think even now with families 
And we see that from guys like the Young Bucks and, and people like that that have these families. They have the opportunity. They have the money. They can feed their families off of what they're doing, and they don't have to travel every single night of the week. So they don't have to live know, abroad either. They don't have to. They figured out they didn't yeah. have to live in Japan and work, you know, New Japan yeah. dates. And, but and I, and I know these back to Cody. Back, back to Cody. I see that for him. You know what I mean? I see that road dog in him. I feel like he he wants. I feel like you want that kind of uh, 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 schedule in your life. Um. Well, you know, I've like you know, it's a matter of priorities. You know, uh, I'm definitely, I want any and every fight I can get, any and everywhere I can be. Um, I'm 100% down to travel to anywhere I need to be to put on the best show. Uh, but like, you know, like he was going back to saying that Nick Cutler, you know, he had his moment, you know, in the TV cameras and he picked at his family of everything. You know, I'm not saying that I'm not going to do the same uh, when that time comes. Uh, but that time ain't came yet. So until that happens, you know, I respect those guys 100 uh, percent. Family is everything to me uh, now. So I could imagine what it would be like when I do have kids. Uh, so it's a matter of priorities. And my priority right now is to get on the road and to travel and to at least get to taste, you know, what the big time essentially is. You know, I, if it's one and off, you know, I got to say I did it, but I can't stop until I get to that one and off. Well, let me sneak this question in here real quick. And I know this is, I don't know. They, they ask this question of people in Hollywood and, and stuff like that. So I'll ask you, even though it's something that may be a little bit further out for you, when the time comes when you do have a family, you do have kids. Um, are you going to encourage them? to be in the world of pro wrestling too. And this is going back again to you and how you got into the business feeling, you know, you said that you felt that you might've been forced, which I'm not sure is exactly the the term that you were looking for. (laughs) Yeah. But is that something that you're going to want to try and push for your kids or not? Oh, great, man. You're going to give me a bunch of heat with my family now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no. Or you um, can decline to answer. I mean, that's no, no, that's a that's a, a question I actually do get a lot, um, surprisingly a lot uh, more than normal. Uh, but I, I would um, I would wait until their bodies have grown, because that's been a big thing with me is I don't talk about it, but I go through a lot of physical pain. You know, at 23 years old, when you're in physical pain, that's not a that's not a good thing. You know, yeah. you're supposed to be active. You're supposed to be able to stretch. You know, uh, I've, has a, I've had a physical therapist tell me uh, he's the tightest kid that he's ever seen. So I would encourage them to grow first, maybe uh, graduate high school. Yeah. Uh, when you graduate high school, I mean, you're essentially still not grown, not done growing but you're grown enough to take some of the beating. And I think that's where kind of the downfall was with me in the wrestling business was that nobody thought about how this was going to turn out in long term. Yeah. Um, well, at 13 or 14, you're, you're made of rubber. Exactly. You know I, mean? I mean, and, and you don't feel it then, you know, yeah. I mean, you're a little sore here and there, but you know, at 23 years old, when you get out of bed and you know, you're, you got to stretch and you got devices yeah. that help you with that. It's just, it's, it's not a good sign. So if one thing I would tell them I'm not is even to a pro definitely wait. I got those problems. 
<laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a slippery slope as far as the physical toll that uh, comes with it. But the memories and the joy that comes with it is uh, irreplaceable. So I, I would encourage them to, but I would also encourage them to wait until after high school and to follow something they would want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they have something they want to do, uh, go all out for that first. You know what I mean? And then if you decide you want to be a professional wrestler, I'm not opposed to that at that point because of, you know, how you let your body grow and your mind too, because, you know, we was talking earlier, some of my downfalls, you know, a part of that was being a dumb kid. You know, I didn't, I didn't have the right mindset coming into this maturity level. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I've seen it. I've grown up, you know, I've literally grown around nothing but grown men my whole life. Like, you know, I joke a lot about how I only got like two friends my age. Yeah. Uh, But you know, so it's the maturity level that wasn't there for me. So I think it would be good for anybody to wait until at least after high school. I mean, you're still you're still a young kid and you still have a lot to learn, but then you're you're a little bit more coachable. Yeah, yeah. Pu- pu- puberty's hit. You've already started growing. So yeah. And then you can use that to toss around in the gym, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Before it slows down. So yeah, there's yeah, there's yeah. a lot of advantages to waiting. Well, because guys like what, like Robbie Ray Mysterio was with 16 or, or, you know, I mean, you were definitely a lot younger. Well, I had a um, so this past weekend in Bangor, Michigan, uh, I did a show and I had somebody tell me uh, it is it's a it's a good thing and a bad thing to be young in the wrestling business because because the way you look you're automatically discredited, you know, uh, they don't see the years that you have hey, in you're, you're or, the, or the knowledge. Um, and that's what they, that's what they think, you know, nine years in, you know, when I get around other people, I definitely feel like a rookie, but you know, people definitely treat me not so rookie, you know, now that I've definitely been making a little bit more of a name for myself. So, and I'm still humble with the fact that I've been in it nine years and I still don't know jack shit, you know, I'm still learning every weekend, but uh, like he said, you know, you're discredited because you look the way you do, not because you have the knowledge that you do or you have the experience that you do. Yeah, and you know, normally, normally in this show, I throw the pitches and I let I let the guests in. But you've been throwing a lot of pitches my way because you, you're you're saying things that are leading into other questions I want to ask. And one of them I want to go back to. You said, you know, when we were talking about your future kids in the pro wrestling business. You had talked about after high school. Um, one of one of the big things that I think is always a, a hot button topic, and not just in pro wrestling, but even in pro sports, NFL, Major League Baseball, and whatnot. A lot of these people, fresh out of high school, um, maybe just a couple years into college, they'll go into the NFL. Um, these guys. Uh, will leave college football, go to pro wrestling, whatever the case may be, and they don't leave with a degree. Um, How important do you think, and, you know, we'll we'll talk about future kids. How important do you think it is for people nowadays to have an education to fall back on, to have like a degree to fall back on, um, or to know a trade? Because these injuries are very common. You know, we found that out at the last show. We had an injury at the last show. You watch an NFL football game or a college football game, people are getting hurt left and right. This isn't something that's going to last forever. You're not going to be somebody like 
Shawn Michaels or somebody wrestling in, you know, wrestling in their fifties, the undertaker. Um, not everybody's going to get that lucky. So how important do you think is having something to fall back on? And is that going to be something that, you know, you might try and pass on to your children one day? Oh yeah, that's a, that's good because uh, I, I want to start off by saying this. I'd be a hypocrite if I said that to not follow your dreams as young as I did, you know what I'm saying? Because I had that opportunity to follow my dreams. So, you know, uh, but what you said is the very thing I regret. You know, um, I went out and uh, I had to do a lot of um, basically recouping because I didn't have a plan outside of wrestling. Uh, that's essentially what hurt me uh, in life because of that. Uh, all I had planned was I was going to go out every weekend and wrestle my heart out. Yeah. You know, I didn't think about bills. I didn't think about the car payment. I didn't think about insurance and think about anything right. like that. So it was a little late for me to sit down and actually think about that. So I would say my senior year, it hit me. It was like, man, you know, I got this janky car. Uh, it's not getting me places. I need money. Uh, how am I going to get money? How am I going to make a life for myself? Uh, I didn't go the college route. I think that is very important, uh, depending on what your priorities are. Uh, I went the trade route. So I learned construction trades, a number of construction trades. And uh, I make a living off of construction outside of wrestling, uh, which is still a hard work. I do concrete or I did concrete. I did everything from that to roofing. Uh, you know, so I've been, you know, on the ground to on the roof. Um, I've yeah, done it all. Labor. So, yeah, it is definitely physical labor. And, uh, you know, in turn, help condition me for wrestling. But. When I go into work Monday morning, you know, I'm the construction guy, you know, mm-hmm. that's my job. I get paid to do that job. Yeah. When I put on them wrestling boots, I'm a pro wrestler. I get paid to do that job. You know, not saying that I don't take time out of my week to contribute to pro wrestling, because like I said, I go down every Thursday and still train and still, you know, try to brush up on skills. But, you know, first and foremost, I'm a provider for myself Monday morning, you know, and all through the week. But when that weekend hits, uh, I'm a pro wrestler, you know, and that's a lot of things. That's a lot of trouble people have is uh, deciphering the two, you know, and they, and they get themselves in trouble, you know, financially because they want to be a professional wrestler and not a provider first. And I would recommend being a provider first and then being a professional wrestler. It's only going to make your professional wrestling career easier because on the indies, we're not getting paid, you know, million dollar contracts. We're not, no. you know, getting vacation time, you know, really until you start making a name for yourself, you're not making too much of nothing. You know, you, your podcast is hot dog and a handshake. And that's the sad reality of indie wrestling in yeah. most cases. So, yeah, you know, uh, it was, a, you know, it's a, it, it was a joke, right? We thought it was funny. Um, but the more shows that we go to and the more cards that we pass out and the more wrestlers that see it, I mean, it, it kind of resonates, you know what I mean? I mean, it takes them back to that, you know, first three, four, five, six matches, ten matches, whatever it is, you know. And well, Aiden, uh, English, Aiden English said sometimes you get lucky and get a, got a cheeseburger, so. Oh, yeah. Dog, yeah. Well, see, I got a Coke with the with the hot dog, so that was my day off. <laughs> <laughs> well, those days are definitely over for you. Uh, yeah. Yes, sir. You know, you're uh, – Cruiserweight champion outside of, here, outside of heroes and legends, you're, you know, all over the place. Uh, I see you getting booked everywhere on a weekly basis. So you're definitely doing something right. Um, 
you know, you're talking about getting your, getting your name out there and letting people know that, you know, you may be young, but you know what you're doing and you've got a passion and a drive for this. So, um, and that's the biggest what, thing too, man, as I want to be known, you know, you joke around about being an asshole and that's very much so, you know, I definitely, I don't like anybody. So uh, <laughs> I'm definitely an asshole, but I, I want to be known as coachable too. And I felt like, you know, because of my mess ups in my early years that it was, you know, kind of a recuperating thing, but I'm definitely open and, uh, you know, I'm willing to listen to anybody, you know, if you're on a show and, Hell, if you bring the water to the locker room and you have an opinion on my match, I'm willing to listen. I want to be known as coachable as much as an asshole, you know, uh, because that is who I am. I am an asshole, but I also want to be humble enough to be coached and to not be known as the asshole that you can't work with. Because being an asshole and being the asshole you can't work with is two different things. And I would rather you don't want to be known as a diva. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's exactly. I mean, I do not a diva I'm as willing, a woman's wrestler. I, I, you know what I mean? As a just as a, uh, you know, over the top, right? I got you. I would get that off the top thing. Like, I, well, you know, yeah. not a woman's wrestler. Diva well, is a tie. You, know, you got to clear that up. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't cancel me. I promise. <laughs> but yeah, that's man, a, that's I, the thing, though, man. I'm willing. To, I'm willing to work with everybody. I just want to be known as you know the asshole that's putting on good matches and that's helping other guys, you know, make a name for their stuff as well, because I'm, I'm not a selfish person, you know, uh, I may come off arrogant, but I'm not selfish. So and how you, was you it then stepping it. in the ring with, you know, obviously you've been in the ring with some top name talent. Um, what was it like though? I mean, you being cruiserweight, right? You being the high flyer. What was it like working with probably two of the most known high flyers in, in the 1990s? And that's super crazy in Juventud Guerrero. It was a, it was a big honor. And uh, I had the chance to tell him it was an honor as well. So that was nice. Uh, but growing up, you know, I had to go back and watch all that stuff because, you know, I was born in 98, uh, sure. like you alluded to, too. I'm only 23. So I had to go back yeah. and watch all that stuff. And I did. And I remember, you know, being a kid, five, six, you know, watching these guys leap out of the ring. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, and then you see a guy get powerbombed to the ring, which is equally as cool. But, hey, man, something with those guys doing the flips that just resonated with me. And I remember, you know, and I told him, I said, I remember, you know, you wrestling a Jericho match and and I can just picture uh, him doing a certain move. And he, you know, he got a big pop out of that. So. Uh, it's it's nice to be able to work with those guys and to share the ring with those guys, and it lets me know that somebody has faith in me too, you know, because I wouldn't be in that position if I didn't have faith in somebody or somebody didn't have faith in me. So is that was that two of the biggest names you've been in? The, I mean, who as as it a a name? Who, who's by the biggest you've been in the ring with? Uh, as of right now, that is definitely the biggest name I've been in the ring with. Um, locker room, I've obviously been around a lot of names in the locker rooms but as far as in the ring it's definitely two big names and it's just getting started honestly i mean something happened to where you know somebody found some trust in me you know and got the ball rolling and once i got that ball you know i'm not letting it get out of my hands you know i've, no I've been champ for uh exactly we don't fumble around here we uh got good paul carrying skills so <laughs> i've been i've been champion for a uh, well over a year now 
So it's, I mean, granted, you know, the pandemic has definitely delayed, you know, title defenses, but yeah, the fact, the fact that the ball was given to me, uh, it's just an honor in itself, and I didn't want to let nobody down. So until somebody comes along and, you know, takes it from me, uh, we're rolling with it, baby. And there is a possibility at Heroes and Legends 16 coming up on April 23rd of next year Ooh, that you may, well, you may well meet uh, Super Crazy and Juventud Guerrera again. In that triple uh, threat. Because – because of uh, everything that happened with uh, Hoovy and the broken foot and everything that uh, that happened, uh, that the match that didn't happen may well happen. So, uh, you know, that's start watching some tape now because right, love- uh, you've conquered super crazy, uh, but now you may you have got to Hoovy to say Hoobie. motherfucker. But let's say what else can we do? More, more than <laughs> once. More than once. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, explains me all too well. <laughs> I was able to get somebody to get in trouble. That's great. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it is going to be fun to get in there with them. Um, you know, I'm honored in the fact that I do get to step in there with them. But at the end of the day, once I put those boots on, it, it's still business. You know, time to go. Yeah, time to go work. Um, I'm I'm the cruiserweight champion for a reason, and you know I prove that every show. And the fact that they want to come work with me is an honor, but it's also kind of a kind of a slap in the face. Big responsibility, me, really. uh, because you know that essentially they had their moment. You know they've yeah. they've had their time to shine. They've had the TV cameras. Hell, Hoovy was on AEW not too long ago as well. So the fact that he wants to come make a name. And Heroes and Legends is uh, disrespectful to the fact that the people that are here are putting in the work and making names for ourselves. So, you know, as humbling as it is to be able to step in the ring with them, it's still going to be business at the end of the day. We'll steal that light back. Hey, I mean, like I said, <clears throat> he has to get in line. If they want to, if they want an opportunity, they're going to have to get in line and see who wants him to get that opportunity? Now I, I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna go on record here. Oh, you know I don't. You know obviously I don't yeah, know anything. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> anything. Mr. Opinion. Here he goes. I, I don't know anything, but a fan of 1990s pro wrestling that I am, and a fan of That's the cruiserweight championship that I am, I think we need to put a ladder between the three of y'all and see what happens. Well. I done told you guys about my construction background, so uh, I'm no stranger to ladders, and I'm no stranger to a fight, so I'm down for whatever you guys put in front of me. That would be uh, that'd be interesting. We haven't had a ladder match since the old EWF days. Uh, was it the uh, – uh, oh, my gosh, back at the Borderman Gym uh, – I can't even remember what year that was. Was it 2011, 2012? Next state tournaments. That was a long oh, time. Oh yeah. Years ago. Oh yeah. Dang. Ten years ago. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> well, so that's been ten yeah. years. Well, I mean, I know them Sean. Dudes, speaking of them dudes, I know who put together that ring that night. Oh yeah. Uh, so <laughs> must have been must have been the kid. So, oh, Sean, yeah. I know I know you got some strings to pull. You got some clout. Get well, the boss's ear. Get the boss's ear. Let's get a ladder put between these three. 
Hey, you know what? what? If uh, if if that's uh, I'll I'll put the bug in the ears, and if if uh, if that's the way the ball bounces, so be it. I'm sure I'm sure there's nothing that uh, that Cody won't be able to take on. So, <laughs> but like I said, well, that's I think we're I think we're carrying our we're getting too far ahead of ourselves here. You know, <laughs> first, well, you know, first I gotta I gotta wait for somebody to get healed up. And then you want to put a ladder in between us. It sounds like a lot going on. We're about to take some time to think. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 Oh, look at that. He just quit on us. Cody Lee. Some time to think about that. He just healed all over it. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it looks like we uh, we just lost Cody Lee there. I'm not quite sure what happened. Uh, have, we, have we ever been hung up on before? Uh, not yet. This is a first. For the whole year, we've been hung up on, and we've 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 brought some people on to talk some shit too. We've never been hung up on. Wow. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. Looks like we we got a lot of a lot of insight and a lot of input. Uh, I think we I really like. Yeah, about... I really liked how candid he got and and about the things you know that went wrong and what went right. That was a that was really cool to hear. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think he was uh, not really wanting to talk about future plans, at least with heroes and legends. Uh, we started talking ladders and whatnot. I don't he think ran. he wanted to have anything to do with that conversation. He ran um, away. He ran away. But you know what? Oh. What a what a great what a great uh, young talent. Uh, you know, like I said, I've known Cody for geez, eleven plus years now, and. Uh, Everything he said was 100% legit from his heart. So yep. um, looking forward to see what the future holds uh, for Cody. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have a chance to get any of his social media information. Yeah. But, uh, I know I know uh, he is on Facebook. He is on Twitter. I'm not sure yep. if he's on Instagram, but definitely check out yep. Cody Lee. Yep, uh, Dakota, Dakota Watson. Yep, Dakota Facebook. Watson. Yeah, he's Facebook. definitely like you said. He's willing to travel, book him. He's willing to go wherever you want him to go. Anywhere, as long as as long as you'll get him there, he will put on a one hell of a show. Yep. Uh, great kid with uh, with a, a amazing past and a what wonderful future. future so, yep. so if you want a great high flyer on your show who's going to work his absolute ass off uh, for the entire night and contribute even when he's not in the ring, uh, reach out to Cody Lee. Let's get him on your show. And uh, Tony Khan, if you're listening, he's yeah. going to be a great guy. For he's AEW ready for dark. Dark. He's ready for elevation. He's ready for either of those two shows. Yep. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us today. Our special guest on our one-year anniversary. anniversary one-year. Current, current Heroes and Legends Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, looking forward to seeing what the future holds for him. And, of course, what the future holds for us. Here, yep. hot dog and a handshake because it's one year down we're going to get working on the next one we're going to bring you some amazing guests so thanks for tuning in and we will see you next time don't forget to subscribe yep like Peace. subscribe share definitely definitely leave us a review on itunes we need them reviews they really do help and uh yeah we love you see you next time